0: Welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life. Whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive, why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, where you get to join us as we have a conversation about the many questions of life. My name is Reese Maxwell. I am David Maxwell. And we are father and son, actually. Uh, I'm 26 years old. I'm a staff pastor at a church here in Jackson, Mississippi. I love it, and I get to help people kind of reach their fullest potential with spiritual growth. Um, I really enjoy it. And then, Dad, you can tell them about what you do. Yeah, I am a
0: coach, a men's coach, and I do a podcast called The Confident Man Podcast and do digital curriculum and one-on-one and online coaching for men.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I don't mean to hype you up or anything, but he has been working with uh, young adults and students for 30 years. And uh, he's had a lot of experience in that. And not to mention, he's been a great dad. I know he's, he's my dad. And so uh, it's been, it's been a great journey and he's a really wise dude. And I know on this, on this podcast, I think what we're trying to do is give you guys an opportunity to join in a conversation about life. Because for me growing up, I could always, if I was if I was dealing with something that I was wondering about, I could always go to you and yeah. uh, I could talk to you about it, Dad, And, and that was great. And, and the fact is, a lot of people don't have that. And yeah. so we wanted to be able to give you guys this podcast as a safe space for you to ask questions, for you to engage uh, in a conversation as we talk about all the things of life. So Q&A is going to be a big part of this.
0: Yeah, it will be because we... The, the, the conversations in this kind of came out from when uh, my son, I also have a daughter, um, when they were younger, they would bring friends home and we would sit around the table and talk and eat. And a lot of their friends kind of commented that they didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people growing up didn't have that. Yes. And that's kind of where we thought maybe we could provide that for people.
1: Yeah. And... and- and this podcast isn't about having all the perfect answers. Mm-mm. It's about having honest conversations as we work through all the elements of life. Yeah. That can be the struggles, that can be the joys, or just general questions. And so um, this is really just a place where we get to kind of be a family and yeah. and talk together about life. Um, so, we already introduced ourselves. You got to know who we are. We live in Jackson, Mississippi. And so, you know, the big old city of Jackson <laughs> in the, the metropolitan area the metropolitan. of Mississippi with 3 million people in the whole state. Yeah. So, uh, but that's, that's what this whole thing's about. It's a conversation between you guys and us on, on life. And this is just a safe place to give young adults a chance to ask questions and get them answered.
0: Because some families, what they do is they kind of train kids, don't ask. You know, if a parent's uncomfortable about something and the child asks them, they kind of shut them down. Yeah. And so a lot of people grew up where families just didn't talk about stuff.
1: Yeah. It it became taboo to talk about what matters. Yeah. And this is a place where any questions are free game and, and any conversations are good. Uh. So you get the benefit of being able to have that family atmosphere and you get the benefit of being able to have a multi-generational conversation. Yeah. You get two
0: different viewpoints. Reese 26. I'm 54. Uh, You know, we're at different stages of life.
1: Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, this is going to be able to become something that reaches you where you're at. And so we just really wanted to encourage that engagement and uh, and let you know that near the end of the podcast, we're going to give you some different ways that you can... Uh, contact us you can dm us on instagram at hey dad podcast or you can shoot us an email at questions yeah. questions at questions hey dad.us hey dad. yep questions at hey dad.us so if anything comes to your mind whether that's something deep or something silly exactly bring it bring it we're, ready. Uh, we're famous for asking super random questions random, so, out of nowhere questions <laughs> we will not judge you promise The dictionary defines insecurity as uncertainty or anxiety about oneself, a lack of confidence. But since you've been working with students and with young adults for so long, how would you define insecurity, Dad?
0: I think insecurity manifests itself in a lot of people's lives in just a general unsurety. They're just not sure about anything. Am I, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Do I look okay? Do people accept me? Am I a good person? All of these things come out and, and they're not sure. And what happens is when an insecure person grows up, you know, they'll get married and then they'll be insecure in their marriage. They'll be insecure in how they parent their children. You know, and one of the sayings I do say a lot is insecure parents raise insecure kids. Right. It's just It's just what happens. We breed that insecurity because we don't know. And we're not sure. And I'm not saying it means you have all the answers. It's kind of a confidence. And that's why what I do with men, I have a podcast called The Confident Man Podcast, because to me, that's the goal. It's not to have everything perfect or be perfect. It's just to be confident, to kind of know who you are, what you're all about, to keep growing and getting better. But there's a point where you have to know this is who I am. And I think we have a lot of people out there today who, if you ask them, who are you? They're going to tell you all the stuff they do Mm. because they really don't know who they are.
1: That's very true. And uh, that's actually what we're going to be talking about specifically during this podcast is that performance mindset. Yeah, Um, We're talking about the performance mindset and how a lot of times that can hurt us. Uh, I think of people who define themselves through their behavior, people who define themselves through what they do. And that's a dangerous place to be at. It's kind of like that. uh, That. NFL football player. He's been Mm -hmm. playing football all of his life. He's made a career out of it, literally made a living off of being good at this sport. But then he gets injured. And in his late 30s, he has to retire. And then he thinks to himself, who am I? Yeah. It's because he got stuck in the performance mindset. And he got stuck defining who he was by what he did. And sometimes we almost use that as a coping mechanism because of insecurity.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people today do that. They've lived their whole lives living performance based. So everything they do, it's based on their performance. You know, life isn't about who you are to them. It's not about them finding, you know, their their identity and their purpose. Right. It's about them performing and kind of being something to make other people happy or to prove to everybody that they're good. I can make money. Therefore, I'm a good person. I can do well in my career. Therefore, I'm a successful, you know, I'm going to show everybody that I'm better than them by doing this, that, or the other.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, I think this is a familiar story of like the the student who wanted to be good at their sports and make good grades because it made their parents happy. Yeah. And then they go to the college that somebody wanted them to go to or that the family college because Mm -hmm. people wanted them to. They got a degree because that's what their professors told them that they should do. Yeah. Uh, they they go take a job that makes money because they've been trained, okay, I got to make money. Yeah. And then, you know, they work their way up by pleasing the the people above them. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they have kids and they want to impress everybody with how good their kids are. Like, it's funny how all of those things are not even based on what you want. Yeah. It's it, based on other people. It's it is. It's that performance and, zone.
0: And I think so many people today, they don't know what they want. Mhm like you ask them what you know who are you why are you here what's your purpose <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and and men i mean we're classic as far as you know we that's how we define ourselves we define ourselves by what we do right it's just kind of natural in some ways because we are doers but there's really a whole lot more to it and if all you do is define yourself by what you do then that really becomes all you are
1: yeah or or i would think like with with women sometimes it's How am I beautiful compared to fill in the blank? You know, with a man, it's do I perform compared to this person? The woman, it's how how do I look compared to this individual? And I think social media feeds into this a lot because it's always been an issue. Let's be real. I mean, insecurity is nothing new. The the anxiousness that comes from that performing to look good, that's been a thing since the beginning of time. Uh, Ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, you know, people have been performing to be good enough. Uh, But social media has really pushed that forward because yeah. you look at yourself in the mirror and then you look at your Instagram feed mm-hmm. and that person looks better, you know, or, yeah. you know, that person looks more influential or they look successful. They have a bigger house. They have more stuff. They, they're they going to a better university, whatever that may be. Um, social media feeds into that comparison mentality.
0: Yeah. And you you hear people say it, the, uh, what you see on social media is other people's highlight reels based mm-hmm. upon your actual real life. And that's what we have to understand that they're all highlight reels. And it doesn't, it doesn't change. I mean, we, we kind of bash social media a lot today because of that, because it's a reality. But every age has dealt with that. You know, I read an article recently about a place called The Villages. It's a retirement place in the middle of Florida. And everyone there is over 55. The way they get across and around the villages is on golf carts. It's a complete golf cart community. Mm -hmm. So everybody buys golf carts. Well, what happens is people started buying golf carts. Then they started tricking out their golf carts. Then they started buying nicer golf carts. And so what it is, is the comparison model there is your golf cart. Mm. It may not be social media and they may sit there and make fun of, you know, young people on social media, mm-hmm. but they're doing the same thing with golf carts. It's true. It's been around the whole time and it all comes back to insecurity. You know, we see grandmas, you know, wanting to cook better. Yeah. You know, is this grandma better cooked than this grandma? And yeah. they get into the battle because that defines them and everything they do.
1: Yeah. And it, it starts out like we're almost trained in it to where we don't even realize that we have it because yeah. like from the very beginning... You know, you got the little league baseball team where everybody's wanting to be the best and yeah. everybody's wanting to do well. And the parents are part of that. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like parents get in a competition. Okay, well, my, my kid's better at this than your kid. And, and you talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. Talk about talk about that real quick.
0: Well, for that, it's what a lot of parents do is they use their children to justify themselves as a person. My child is good at this. Therefore, I'm a good person. Right. So what they're doing is they're putting all of the pressure onto their child And what they're doing is kind of living their life for that child because that child validates them. Mm -hmm. My child is a success. My child makes all A's. My child is a better baseball player or whatever. And they say that makes me look good as a parent. Yeah. And so what's happening is their insecurity as a person and as a parent is feeding that to where they're training their child. Your worth is based on how you perform for me. Right. You make me look good.
1: Yeah. And then that. I mean, really, let's be honest, this kind of mentality brings results. Yeah, it does. I mean, when when you base your identity on being good at a sport or being good at an instrument or loving a particular form of entertainment mm-hmm. or loving whatever, it makes you very effective at it because yeah. you're driven by almost a, a fear or something along those lines to where you're like, you just have to be good at it or else. Yeah. So it does lead to results. But what are some of the dangers of living in a culture where where we're comparing and we're always trying to perform? a culture that's driven by that insecurity of I have to do enough yeah. to be enough?
0: Yeah, I think for a lot of people it's they they kind of grow into their life where they never feel like they'll be enough. Mm-hmm. They're always trying to judge themselves, you know, and it's that whole thing of you're you're trying to climb the mountain, you get to the top, and you're like, is that it? Yeah. Is this it? Like someone says, I want to make a million dollars. So they make a million.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what do
0: most people do? Well, now I want to make two million. I want to make three million. Um, and, and it's a thing of, and I'm not saying you shouldn't push yourself and grow and get better. But a lot of people think that when I reach this point, then I'm going to find my purpose. Then I'm going to mm-hmm. find ultimate happiness. Mm-hmm. I'll find satisfaction. Yeah. And it just does not happen. No. Because you'll get there and realize I've got to keep going. It's like someone who becomes the best at something then they have to keep working hard to stay the best and be better than everybody else. And there's nothing wrong with working hard. You should work hard. But if that's your identity, you'll never be able to be content in that because you'll always be driven to try and perform, perform, perform.
1: Yeah. And it it never fills that hole. Yeah, it doesn't. Because there's also comes the comparison element of like, oh, Well, I'm really good because there's always somebody better.
0: Yeah. So you may think,
1: oh, I'm the best in my city. Mm -hmm. Well, you may not be the best in your county. You get the best in your county, but you're not the best in your state. Yeah. You're the best in the state, but maybe not the best in the country. Best in the country, but maybe not the best in the world. Mm -hmm. And even if you, like you said, you get to the top and you're the best in the world, everyone's gunning for you now.
0: Yeah. Everyone's going after you and then they're going to pick you apart. I mean, yeah. that's what we do now. People get very yeah. famous, and then we start judging them. And, and we kind of create a judging society. Yeah. And I think social media is part of that, where we, we judge every little thing someone does. Mm-hmm. We don't let them be a real person we, we hold them up to a standard that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Or we get into relationships that are very shallow. Yeah. You know, I'm dating her because she makes me look good. I'm dating mm-hmm. him because he makes me look good. Yeah. You know, or we do it for money or we do it for connections or things like that.
1: Yeah. I think a perfect illustration is the Olympics. Yeah. These people have made their identity doing a specific sport. Like mm-hmm. if somebody's tumbling... And, you know, they do stuff that nobody like I couldn't even imagine doing. I'd break my back attempting to do a first flip of, of these people that are doing like six of them in a row. I'd be out. And so like you watch that and the first video you watch of people doing it. You're like, wow, that's awesome. But like by the third time, you're like, oh. They did 16 flips, but they had a slight hesitation on the seventh flip and that's not that good. (laughs) And like we're holding them up to a super unrealistic standard and we can't even do one thing. It's that judging culture.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like that armchair quarterback where you sit back and you're going to tell everybody else how to live their life. Yeah. Um, And I think that's part of that performance thing is what we do is we're judging everybody else's performance. Mm -hmm. So that way we keep the focus off of us. Mm-hmm. and maybe off our performance. I think that's part of it too.
1: Yeah, that's true. Almost like people call it the eat dog world, you yeah. know, like like you do whatever to make sure you feel good enough. Yeah. And I think a danger with that is sometimes we buy into that not only compared to other people and what they think of us, mm-hmm. but even in what we think of ourselves. If we accept the performance mentality, we are going to be stuck in this cycle. Of constantly trying to get things around us, yeah, so that we feel good enough. I heard a quote one time. I don't remember who it was, uh, but it was a lady who was doing like a, uh, like a seminar. Mm-hmm. It was a lady doing a seminar. She said, "You can never accumulate enough around you to fill a void within you." Yeah, and that struck me as so true because it's it's never enough. And going on the journey of trying to get enough distracts you from that inward journey of being able to work on yourself, let God work on you, listen to him, accept his love and grow in a way that's healthy. Yeah. And that's what
0: uh, one of the things I do with men is talk about going on the inward journey. And I think it's not just a man thing. I think it's men and women. And I think we see that And men specifically to where, you know, you'll know a guy who's married, got kids, and then, you know, he hits 45, 50 and all of a sudden he runs away. Midlife crisis. Yeah, midlife crisis time. And a lot of those guys, they've never done the inward journey and never really figured themselves out. Women, it's the same thing. I think it's everybody. Mm -hmm. We get so into the performance that our life becomes all about what we do. So we don't really know who we are. So then we fill our life with stuff so we don't have to think about it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go binge watch all weekend, you know, whatever Netflix series I'm into at the moment. So I don't have to think about who am I? What is my purpose in life? I'm just going to stay busy.
1: Yeah. It's almost like, I don't know if you've ever known someone like this, but I I knew this person one time that he complained about his knee all the time Mm -hmm. and he was just talking about how much it hurt and how much medicine he had to take just to be able to walk. He was limping everywhere, had to use a cane. But eventually they got a knee replacement surgery. Yeah, And when they did that and went through the process of healing from that, man, they were just thriving and they were like, why didn't I do this years ago? Yeah, It's almost the same way emotionally. Mm. Um, it's the same way emotionally because we we're like, oh, I don't feel good enough. So I got to get this. And it's almost right. like a pill, like a little yeah. pain pill. It doesn't actually fix the problem. Mm-hmm. It just makes you feel good for a second and it's easy, but it doesn't do that long-term work. And so what you mean by the inward journey is kind of like that knee replacement surgery to where you actually go and deal with the core of the issue. And and this is what I would encourage to you guys as listeners is start that journey yourself. Yeah. Um, It takes time. It's not easy in the same way that a replacement for your knee is it takes time and it's not easy. Yeah. But it leads to long-term good. And if you can do that right now in your life, it'll yield benefits not only for you, but but for your children, for your children's children, like yeah. for future generations that you haven't even thought about right now. Because just like what you said, dad, insecure parents raise insecure kids. Yeah, I feel like secure parents have a lot more likelihood to be able to raise a secure child. They do. And I think
0: it, it's a thing that as, as a young adult, that's a prime time if, if you don't know mm-hmm. to start doing that digging. And instead of trying to find it in experiences, mm-hmm. trying to find it in outside things, mm-hmm. you want to start doing that work within. And, you know, for me, uh, praying and, and asking God about it's perfect because, you know, the Holy Spirit lives within us and he's the one who can guide us into all that truth, yeah. even the truth about ourselves. Now, that truth may scare you. Yeah. You may see that, okay, I'm I'm pretty prideful Yeah, or, you know... I gossip pretty bad. You know, you may start seeing the ugliness of life that you may show and you don't like that. So you want to avoid it. Yeah. But I think God says, no, I want you to see that because then you can begin to change. Yeah. You can begin to say, okay, that's why my knee is hurting. Mm -hmm. Let me fix it. So I'll get better, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. what we do emotionally. Yeah. That's why I can't have a good relationship because I'm trying to get something from another person that really I need to be getting from within and not from someone else.
1: Yeah. So for somebody that's listening today and says, okay, I get it. The inward journey is something that I should start. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's really the first step of having my best year ever, you know, my best year yet or whatever you want to call it is, is starting that inward journey. What would you say is a good practical first step? Because, uh, that's, that can be intimidating, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a pretty big thing to handle, you know? Yeah. And so what would you say is a good first step for people? I think the first
0: step would be re- recognition. I think the good first step would be recognition, kind of looking at what am I living for? Why am I doing this? Right. If you've gone from relationship to relationship to relationship, has it always been their fault? You know, maybe, maybe there's some things you can do to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think recognition and, and beginning that process, I encourage people to journal. Yeah. I think journaling is a great way to begin that process to really write out what you think and feel. I didn't start journaling until I was 30 when I began to learn all this stuff. And and what it does is it helps you emotionally kind of work through your own emotions. Right. Especially if you're busy, you're working, you've got kids, you're doing whatever. You know, you're going day to day to day and it's hard to just sit down and really contemplate what is my life about? What am I about? Journaling helps you do that. And so I would say that's a good first start.
1: Yeah. And I think in my brain, uh, one other thing that you could do would be I would challenge you to to take some time to not try and fill up every nook and cranny of space in your day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of times we can't even go to the bathroom without bringing our phone with us, Mm -hmm. and and in a way, I think it's what you said earlier that sometimes we can be scared of those moments when it's just us alone with our thoughts. Yeah, and being able to set aside space for that and realizing that that's okay, Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of does the same benefit as journaling, to where you can begin to really think, okay, what am I actually feeling right now? Yeah, you know, am I going to hang out with these people? right now because I actually want to, or am I just afraid of the idea of being alone,
0: yep. you know,
1: or, or whatever, uh, being able to kind of set aside some of that other stuff is also another great first step. And so if you're listening today and you want to do one of those things, that would be, that would probably be very beneficial. Uh, you could try and do all of them, or you could just do one of the things we talked about today, but, uh, that's kind of our first steps of suggestion when it comes to dealing with insecurity because yep. of that performance mentality. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about uh, something that I think is even more important, mm-hmm. which is the fact that we live in a world that's based on conditional love.
0: Yeah. I think that's where performance comes from a lot of times is is you're you're doing all this performing because you want people to like you, to love you. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting feedback that way. But you have to understand that that's very conditional.
1: Yeah. And, and, and it's not in the same way. It's not going to satisfy. Yeah. So we'll be... Satisfy. We'll, we'll go into that in more depth next week. So uh, just be looking forward to that. And now we're going to enter into our time of the Q&A. Uh, once again, if you want to send us a question, you can do that by either DMing us on Instagram at heydadpodcast, or you can email us at uh, questions at heydad.us. Let's go ahead and cover. We have three today uh, that have been asked. And the first one is this. I grew up without my dad being there for me. How can I become a dad who's there for my kids? Yeah, that's a good
0: question. Um, One, I think it's good for uh, a man to recognize. I want to be there for my kids. I think that's, that's a huge part of it. Um, But I think the key is for you to really grow who you are as, as a man. Mm. Um, In order to be a better dad, you can't focus necessarily on just being a better dad. A lot of guys are doing that today. And what they actually are doing is they're giving control of the family to their children. Mm. Um, They say, I want to be a good dad. And so my kids will tell me if I'm a good dad. Now, your kids, they're kids. They don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't know what's right, what's wrong. They need you to direct them. So I wouldn't focus so much on being a better dad as much as be a better man. Mm-hmm. If you grow yourself as a man and you become better, you become a man who grows holistically, which is you know emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. You do all of those, you will be a better dad. Yeah, You'll automatically be a better dad in that. And of course, you wanna you want pray about this, you wanna get help, you wanna read books, you wanna do those things. All of those are a part of this. But what you wanna do is keep growing as a man and then you will be a better dad because then you'll be more motivated. You'll figure out things relationally. Your emotional intelligence will increase where you'll be able to connect with your kids better, connect with your wife better. Um, just all of those things right there are huge because for a lot of kids, the the number one thing that brings security in their life is their mom and dad's relationship. Mm. Uh, if a mom and dad have a good relationship, if they date each other, if they stay in love with each other... Um, that does so much for kids' security. Yeah. It's, it's one of the biggest things. And so, you know, how you love your wife is really how you love your kids in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Well, this next question is actually from a, uh, from a woman. And she said, I always seem to date guys who end up being losers. Uh, how can I find better guys?
0: Yeah, that's a toughie. Um, I do feel for a lot of women today um, because our society has given a lot of guys permission to not grow up yeah. Um, to, you know, their 30s, still living at home in the basement, playing video games all day. Um, I think, I th- think for, for you as, as a woman, what you want to do is again, uh, become better yourself first. Don't focus so much on finding the right guy. Um, and you say, well, if I don't do that, I'll be lonely forever. No, you won't be lonely forever. But, you know, you won't just accept anything. Right. Because a lot of times I think what women do is they think, well, this is the best I can get. So what they're doing is they're kind of putting themselves down, Mm. uh, saying, well, I guess I'll never find anyone better than this. And I'm not saying you want to set standards that are stupid, but you don't want to lower your standards. Yeah. Um, So what I would do is also look at where are you fishing? You know, I mean, if you're looking for guys at a club or at a bar. Yeah. You're you're not going to find the better guys there. Yeah. You know, you might, there's, you know, there may be some good guys who
1: are there. Probably not though. Yeah. Probably not.
0: You know, those are guys who are there looking for specific things and it's not a deep, intimate relationship. No. Um, So what you want to do is find out where are the better guys, Mm -hmm. you know, of course I would say, you know, church, church functions, things like that. and, and I am sorry, some of the guys who are at that, they're, they're not the best either, um, but there are some good ones there. And I think it's a matter of being patient, waiting, growing yourself mm-hmm. to where you become uh, someone who, who's of quality. And you say, well, does that mean I may have to wait? You may. Mm-hmm. You may have to wait, but which is better? Because yeah. you're looking, like if you're looking for a guy for a long-term relationship, you want a guy who knows how to be in a long-term relationship
1: true it's true
0: and so so you want to know someone who can who can be a person who's maybe grown themselves and, and know themselves now I'm not saying everybody's perfect I'm not saying you're going to find Mr. Perfect but I think we have this movie ideal like the Hallmark yeah. you know I'm going to do this and then I'm going to meet some guy in a coffee shop uh, who loves Christmas and I hate Christmas you know it's yeah. every Hallmark show <laughs> in the world at this at, at Christmas time yeah but but we kind of think that's what real life is But again, you become a a better woman, you grow yourself, you know, to where you're not out of insecurity, just grabbing onto a guy.
1: Yeah. I think that's true. And I heard this one time when I was in college before I'd even been in any kind of relationship. And it it said, be the kind of person that you want to attract. Yeah. Be the kind of person you want to attract. Uh, If you want a person that's 10 don't live life as a four, <laughs> exactly. you, you know, um, you know, if you want somebody that's compassionate, patient, disciplined, caring, be those things. Yeah, and you will things. attract somebody like that. That's mm-hmm. something that like, that's the reason that I pursued who's my wife today. Emily is I, she's beautiful. But what I did is the first step was I tried to get to know her. Yeah. And as I got to know her, who she was. Was attractive to me because she was an incredible person Mm -hmm. and that's something that be that kind of person and you'll attract a person uh with the right things you know if you're trying to use your your body to attract people or or your instagram account to attract people you're gonna attract some shallow dudes it's just gonna happen because what what are they attracted to it's not who you are yeah and so they don't care about who you are Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so be the kind of person that attracts a guy who loves, who loves who you are. Yeah. And so I, I think it, it really goes in line with exactly what you said.
0: Yeah. I, I think those would be the, 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 quality things for you to do and just understand it. it may take time and be it okay will. with that.
1: It will. It will. I mean, I, I wasn't, I was never in a relationship until I was 21, 21. And, uh, is really when I started my first relationship and it ended up being my wife. And I'm not saying that's everybody, Yeah, but I am saying I, I, had some times where I was like, I'm ready to be in a relationship and I just had to wait Mm -hmm. uh, because the right person hadn't come along yet. And that's okay. Uh, So these two questions took actually a little while. So I think we're just going to push the third question back to later.
0: We'll save that for another time.
1: Um, But anyway, thank you guys for joining us on our first official episode of the Hey Dad podcast. Uh, Once again, please send us your questions, whether on Instagram or through email. And uh, we look forward to talking to you guys next time.
0: Yeah, we love your feedback. Uh, let us know how we can serve you better. We're excited about this podcast and what we can do for you. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you can share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.